all you devilish rakes and pastry-loving detectives, and welcome to episode 22 of A Bookish Affair, where we two Shannons will be your fellow travelers through the world of happily ever after. I'm Shannon, she's Shandy, and we love romance. We are the co-founders of the Lake Oswego Public Library's Romance Book Club, A Bookish Affair. We read and discuss diverse, inclusive love stories every second Sunday of the month, at the library when it's open, and on WebEx for the foreseeable future. If you're interested in joining a virtual discussion group, if you have feedback for us, suggestions for the club or podcast, or you just want to say, hey, check the show notes for our emails and the link to our Bookish Affair page on LOPL. We would like to start by um, acknowledging the ancestral, traditional, and unceded territory of the Kalapuya, Cowlitz, and Clackamas peoples, as well as all the other unnamed tribes on which we live, work, and record this podcast with gratitude. And speaking of gratitude, hello, friends. We are careening into the holidays in the winter of our discontent 2020. And even though we, and presumably everyone else who is listening, are in for a strange and possibly just not quite as merry as usual holiday season, we thought this week might be a good time to talk gratitude. So... We wanted to highlight what's brought us joy this year, you know, what's helped us get through the strangest epoch of my life, certainly. Um, as I said to Shannon, when, when you know, suggesting the theme of gratitude, I was like, you know, what? is this a good idea or is it going to be too mushy? And we just decided to embrace the mush. This year is all about embracing whatever is happening. And right now, folks, mushiness is about to happen. <laughs> Prepare for the mushing. We are here to lay some gratitude on the world. Shannon, you go first. Okay. Hold on, y'all. <laughs> I'm just going to go on a stream of thought gratitude list. So are you ready? Yes. I am grateful for my family, my friends, my cat, my yoga mat, cooking with the gent, my doctors, my job, my colleagues. I feel like I should like bring in some beats or something. You really should. <laughs> the LOPL management team being able to work from home, curbside holds, pickup, Dolly Parton, Woo. Jonathan Ben Ness, the BBC's repair shop, food travel shows like Ugly Delicious, Incline Pillows, my beloved hot pad, house pants and cardigans, <laughs> pears and dried mangoes, Talia Hibbert, Alyssa Cole, Black Lives Matter, Amanda at Backstory Books, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, John Denver and the Muppets Christmas albums, Mud Bay's selection of fishy cat food because my cat won't eat anything else. Oh, and a very big and very special shout out to the Cirque Department at the Lake Oswego Library. You guys are truly remarkable. And that does include you too, Shannon, Shandy. Talk about remarkable and amazing. You, my friend, have been working your tail off while feeling crummy for months. So I would like to acknowledge your awesomeness. You have put together so much virtual programming, answered a gazillion reference questions, um, and you find time to host a podcast with this goofball. So I am thankful for you, which is not news to anyone who's ever listened to this podcast. <laughs> okay. But I did notice something conspicuously absent from your list, which was an excellent list, by the way. Uh, I think you forgot Crash Landing on You. Oh, my God. <laughs> ah. Crash Landing on You. Yes, that is on the list. It is my heart. My soul. Yes. And oh, my God. Thank you very much for your kind words. And you, 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 you. Um, <laughs> yes. Folks, we do sing each other's praises frequently here because that's how we roll. I am eternally grateful to you, Shannon. Oh, I'm doing heart thing on the video chat. Heart. Oh, we can do the crash landing on you thing with it. Oh, it's this really cute thing where you take your index finger and your thumb and then you just put them together like you're about to snap with those fingers, even though I snap with my middle. Does everybody snap with their middle finger? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like you're about to snap, but with your index finger and your thumb, but then just kind of make them. It is really funny. We're doing this on our video chat and it's really funny trying to figure out a way to, to describe verbalize it. it. But yeah, it looks like a little heart. It looks like a um, little heart. 
It's really cute. We're going to have to, you know what? We're going to have to take pictures of this and yeah. put this on social media. Yeah. Our I, little, like, <laughs> cash landing on you. Finger heart. That was a Shanjin. Um <laughs> That's another thing I'm grateful for. Shangents. Yeah. Shangents. Shangents. Yeah. Um, back to crash landing on you for just a moment. I kind of feel like All I Want for Christmas is You was actually written for you to sing to Captain Ree. And I really don't think that Jay would begrudge you. <laughs> I think he'd be singing with me. Yes. For Captain Ree. <laughs> swoon over Captain Ree. Swoon. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but <laughs> We are digressing. Sandy, what are you grateful for? <laughs> okay. I have a little list too. I'm going to second family, friends, and colleagues because they're cool. Um, here's my list. I'm going to throw in Katrina Jackson, romance novellas in general, virtual church from First Congregational in Los Angeles, my mother-in-law's church, got us into what we call YouTube church. Um, I'm in the virtual choir at the First, Con First Congregational in Los Angeles, which is super fun. Uh, yesterday, Claire did virtual craft time with the youth group from First Congregational. You may be sensing a theme here. They made um, nativities out of gumdrops and fruit roll-ups and graham crackers and toasted coconut for the hay. And it was cute. Uh, they had a blast. And then we, no, we we actually, um, we saved baby Jesus. He's still wrapped in his fruit roll-up swaddling clothes, but we ate everybody else. <laughs> As you do. So, you know, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, other things. I'm grateful for the ripped bodice and their shiny hot pink bubble mailers oh, for real. And also like my only in-person retail experience during the pandemic. Um, that's kind of a big deal. Uh, <laughs> being in constant contact with Evie and Robin on WhatsApp, that is not new in 2020, but it really has held me down this year. Uh, the black resilience fund. Yeah. yeah. The weepies, the B 52s, my mother's seemingly endless capacity for playing with Claire on video chat for very long stretches of time. Uh, hot dog ramen. That's something that we, I'm sure somebody else has done that before, but that <laughs> we feel like we invented it. <laughs> uh, Joe makes queso. Um, just like when we're feeling down, we just make queso and eat it with chips for dinner. Shallots. Shallots are my aromatic of the pandemic. Um, yeah. I, I mean, the Clone Wars, The Great British Bake Off, uh, cooking shows on YouTube. I have to recommend Demi Rancho a Tu Cocina, which is really delightful. Uh, the swing that that Joe put up for Claire in our living room. The Allegretto from Beethoven's Seventh Symphony. Target's robust Christmas light selection. Joe's patience with my attempts to converse with him first thing in the morning. Because I never learn. <laughs> have known each other since 2008 and I am still just trying to have conversations with him first thing also like Claire's general willingness to you know hang out with adults and hardly complain at all during road trips and I don't know I feel I feel very very lucky to be surrounded by the people that I'm surrounded by yeah so thank you all all of you people and I would like to send okay I would like to to just do a little special shout out to some colleagues because I am who I am. I'm going to share an anecdote to illustrate their awesomeness. So this is, this is how awesome the circuit department is. Okay. So a couple of weeks ago, I was really bummed and frustrated about something at this point, because it's 2020, I'm not even sure I remember what that thing was, but I got an email from the organizer of the group that I used to sing for, sing with for, um, for figgy pudding, which is a caroling competition that happens the first Friday of December in downtown Seattle. So I've been doing this since 2006 and I love it. And I, even since I moved to Portland, I, I go up to Seattle for it whenever I can. Obviously that's not happening this year. So the email is like, Hey folks, Figgy is virtual this year. We're going to sing some, you know, we're going to get together on zoom. We're going to sing, Oh, come all ye faithful. And in the bleak midwinter. And let's pause to note that these are two of my three favorite carols to sing with this group along with white Christmas know on zoom here i got really excited because i was going to be able to participate right at 4 p.m on saturday november 21st at which point i burst into tears <laughs> i just started crying all over joe because i was supposed to be at work at 4 p.m on saturday november 21st and i don't know this seems like a small thing but it was like 2020 was just twisting the knife 
at that point. It just felt like the last straw. So I go to work a couple of days later and I'm just kind of trying to, you know, get past this, but it's, it's really had this huge effect on my mood, um, which is normally not how I am at work. I'm normally very chipper at work. So when I am making Eeyore faces, even if I'm making them behind a mask, people really notice. <laughs> so we're, you know, I was telling this pathetic story to Julie, who's one of our lead library assistants. And she's one of those, you know, incredibly calm and empathetic people. You can like, you can talk to Julie about anything. Um, so, you know, I just kind of told her my sob story and we talked, you know, we, we exchanged stories of pandemic bummers and, you know, just kind of sympathized and empathized with each other. So a couple of days later, Anya, whom we have spoken of many times as a dear friend and also our fearless leader in the circulation department. So she calls me up and she's like, so Shandy, a little bird told me you're going to miss out on a choir thing because of work on Saturday. And I was like, yeah. And long story short, she helped me flex my schedule so that I could buzz off work at 3 p.m. Thanks to Noelle and Ken, uh, who picked up the slack. And I was able to rush home just in time to spend an hour and a half on Zoom with a bunch of boomers <laughs> singing a couple of Christmas carols and then hearing all their stories about what happens uh, when you find out stuff that you didn't really want to know on 23andMe. Um, so <laughs> it was like, it felt like a holiday miracle. So, you know, when I talk about or when you talk about being grateful to the people that we work with, that's the kind of thing that we mean. It's not just the big stuff, how hard they work to keep us safe in a pandemic and keep up the library services that are, you know, bright spots in our patrons' pandemic lives for sure, but also just those small everyday kindnesses that it, it meant everything to me to be able to participate in that. Yeah. It was... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I just like, I, it has been a rough year in terms of my physical health. And I've been actually surprisingly grateful it's been a pandemic so I could work from home. But it's like, I have been the recipient time and time again this year of the kindness of those like small everyday kindnesses and generosities of our colleagues, you know, from my manager's support uh, for my work and health to colleagues gracio graciously covering shifts and to, to even like people sending me cards. Like, you know, the, the CERC department, it, I just, I started working in the CERC department when I first got to the library. So that's where I feel like my kind of roots are uh, before I moved to the, before I transitioned to the reference department. So like, to me, the CERC department is just everything. Like, you know, in, in the CERC department in reference youth services, technical services, we have some really wonderful colleagues and coworkers and just a top-notch team of managers who've, you know, they've they've been navigating the madness that has been going on. And yeah, just tremendous gratitude there for allowing us to pursue these programs, you know, this podcast. Um we're very lucky. That is that is very true. We are so lucky and so grateful. And that does remind me that it was very <laughs> when there were two Shannons working in Cirque, that was a very confusing time. <laughs> which is, but also awesome. <laughs> which is how you got your nickname to which is how I got my nickname. <laughs> I mean, I was all for just like going by, you know, maybe my last name or whatever. But I think Anya Anya came up with yeah, Anya came up with candy. And it, yeah. and it stuck. It stuck. It stuck. I actually answered the phone like that at the library the other day, which is uh, like, well, that's how you know it's real. <laughs> it just became part of my phone grading. Anyway. Yep. <laughs> okay. So, all right. Still on the theme of gratitude, but let's talk about books for just a moment on this romance novel podcast. Um with books specifically or authors, like who are the authors? Like what are the, what are those genres and subgenres and tropes that have gotten us through the pandemic? I mean, I would have struggled to accomplish much of anything reading wise this year if it hadn't been for novellas. So I, I don't know, my hat is off and my heart is grateful to, you know, Katrina Jackson 
and Christina C. Jones and Lucy Eden, KJ Charles, Lydia San Andres, Zan West, Jackie Lau, Nicola Davidson, like so many authors are writing such wonderful and such relatively short stories. <laughs> I have read more books this year than any year since I started keeping track of how many books I've read in a year. Um, but so many of those were between 75 and 150 pages. And I just like, I just haven't had the focus for much more. And I feel like all of 2020 would have been a reading slump for me if it hadn't been for these novellas. So, so thank you, romance novellas and the authors who write them. How about you, Shannon? Which authors, have there been authors or tropes or subgenres that have sort of earned your undying devotion this year? Um, no, um, not not really genres or tropes, but like definitely some authors. And um, so in ro in romance, it's pretty much the folks that we keep talking about, like Talia Hibbert and Alyssa Cole, as mentioned before. Um, Kay Shani, Adriana Herrera, Alexis Daria, Jasmine Gilroy, um, Alicia Rye, Suleika Snyder, she got me to read A Secret Baby. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Chloe Lees, uh, Farrah Rashawn. Then there's been some non-romance. Um, this is uh, a list of people who've boiled, 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 so hard, um, have kind of carried me through in various different ways, like either guiding me through words or maybe even astrology um, to encouraging me to have fun in the kitchen, which has definitely changed for me. Um, so like, uh, Johnny Nicholas, Jacqueline Woodson, Jessamyn Ward, Mickey Kendall, Isabel Wilkerson, um, Samin Nasrat, uh, Priya Krishna, Me McCormick, and Mickey Trescott. I'm certain there's more, but we've we've already gone on so much, and I feel like <laughs> I'm doing like this massive like thank you business. It's you you know, just pretend, just pretend you're accepting an Academy Award and everything will be fine. <laughs> oh, and my mom. Yeah, and your mom. And my dad. Course. My mom and my dad. Yeah. Well, I am also, I'm also really grateful for holiday romance this year. Um, not just the, you know, like finding her Christmas cowboy under the mistletoe with his secret baby. I, I first read that I actually thought that was a title I was like dang they really went for it this is a thing I mean like someday I want to do a whole episode on Harlequin category romance titles because they are epic and so informative anyway so <laughs> I totally made that title up but um but you know that's a, yeah so so not just that type of holiday romance although those are lovely as well but you know the the ones you can find about all kinds of holidays year-round and from so many different cultures and faith traditions you just have to you know dig a little deeper underneath the giant pile of secret baby mistletoe cowboy <laughs> miracle candlelight uh reindeer romance <laughs> You know, I just like, I love how holiday romance features family and food. And I don't know, there's just this hopeful hopefulness and the sense of of magic to it. I like, I really do read holiday romance year round. Um, and it's been really nice in this pandemic. Like it, uh, it's just a really nice escape. I am hoping that we're going to talk holiday romance next week. I have, as you know, I have a, an awful lot to say about it. So. Yeah. I... Yes, we should definitely talk about this. Um, I haven't quite caught up with you. I have a couple lined up in my queue. Um, so I haven't quite caught up to you in either holiday spirit or holiday holiday romance. Um, so yes, let's let's uh, let's do an ode to holiday romance next week. So this is a perfect segue into the next section of this episode, which is all about um, you know holiday cheer and gift giving and supporting small and local businesses and before we get there listeners what are you grateful for this year like what are the things the tv shows the foods the uh the authors and the books and the people and the you know cozy socks that have gotten you through this year like let us know inquiring fans want to know find us 
and tell us things. Okay, so Shannon, would you like to introduce our next segment? Um, so the other day I picked up a special order at Backstory Books and it occurred to me that small, after a short conversation with the owner, Amanda, it really like hit me like, you know, this pandemic has really hit a lot of businesses in a lot of different ways and small businesses are hurting. Um, you know, Jeff Bezos has, you know, tripled his salary, but small businesses are hurting. Um, I don't know if that is but I'm going to say it. Um, yeah. The pandemic will undoubtedly change the current landscape of our brick and mortar shops and restaurants. And this is actually a big deal because small businesses are integral to our towns and cities because they put jobs and money into directly into the local economies and they help nurture those community connections, which now that we've spent um, however many months in a certain amount of isolation, it, those connections, the, the, that community is, is wildly important. Um, so with the holidays and the gift buying slash giving around the corner, I, act, I thought it might be nice for us to spotlight some, local, some of our favorite local businesses. Um, so what do, what do you think? I, um, I have to ask before we start laying businesses on you though, Shannon, I am curious. Um, you know, some people don't like to give books as gifts. Like sometimes for some people that really feels like too much of a risk. And I don't know, reading tastes are so personal, but there were times in my life when I had, I was single and I had a little bit more disposable income. And I used to, um, a couple of years, I, uh, I, I did this thing where I just like picked out a book for each of the women in my group of college friends. And I, I would think really hard about not only what each person's interests are, what she likes to read, what she might have already read. Um, Goodreads comes in really handy. <laughs> so please everybody get on Goodreads just for my convenience. Um, and, you know, in truth, like whether I thought she'd be open to it if I threw a challenging book at her. And when I say challenging, I'm not talking about Proust. I'm talking about Courtney Malone. <laughs> so like last year, um last year we did a white elephant book exchange with you know among that group and it was so much fun like we didn't do the sort of gag gift version where you bring a you know book of cocktail recipes from 1930 or whatever um and we just each chose something that we thought everyone in the group had a chance of genuinely enjoying which is really no small feat um i went with amber Lowe by laura <clears throat> excuse me laura elena donnelly which is one of my very favorite uh, like it is an amazing crossover. It's inspired by Berlin in the thirties and there's like all this espionage and love and betrayal. And that is perfect. We should talk about that in crossover corner sometime. But anyway, that was, uh, that was my pick. And I was so, I was so proud of it. <laughs> like this year, I think we're going to do like a secret Santa book exchange on zoom. Anyway, I am so excited about that. And we're all pretty zoomed out, but like even Evie agreed that this would totally be worth it. It is just so much fun to find just the right book for just the right person. So I don't know. Are you a book gifter? You'd think I would be. Um, not always. <laughs> uh, I definitely have been known to give books and I take pride in finding the right book for the right recipient. But I take people's wish lists super seriously. And so unless books are asked for, I probably won't give a book. Mm. Um, but, you know, no matter what, like I'm very mindful of where I buy the books or the gifts or, you know, and, and for whom, like I really try and tailor it, but um, I do have a hard time just giving, I think my sister trusts me to get, to pick out like a rom-com for her, but I, I would have a harder time doing that. Although for my sister-in-law, I could give a cookbook and I've been successful <laughs> at that, but it, it is, for me, it's harder. I feel like there's more pressure there. Well, your, your thoughtful approach to gift choosing and giving surprises me not in the least because <laughs> you're that kind of, that's just, that's just who you are, but okay. So, all right. So listener out there, let's say that you are a book gifter. So where 
are you going to get those precious tomes this year? Let's talk about our favorite bookstores in the Portland area and beyond. Absolutely. Um, I'd love to give a huge shout out to Backstory Books and Yarn. The owner, Amanda, has been incredibly, I've hit her up so many times this year uh, for special (laughs) orders. And she has been incredibly receptive to all of my requests, which has been a lot. Um, And and actually, um, she finds a wide variety of used books as well. And um, I did a special order with her and the same author had another uh, book that she had just brought in used. And so I ended up getting that one as well. Uh, It's also in a bright blue building on Southeast Hawthorne, which so... I mean, just the color of it and the fact that she has yarn and it's a used store, but she will, she does carry some new titles as well. But honestly, I love this place. Amanda has been so accommodating that I just want to continue to support her and I hope others will too. Another of my favorite bookstores is Green Bean Books, which is a children's bookstore up on Northeast Alberta. Possibly the cutest bookstore name ever. Uh I have not been there, but I really love a children's place, which is another children's bookstore, also in Northeast Portland. That one's on Fremont. Um, And I am really excited to check out Backstory Books and Yarn at some point. Even though I don't knit anymore, I do still like to um, to pat yarn. So, (laughs) yes, I think that's why I knit. Yeah. Attach yarn. Yes. Oh, so soft. Well, okay. So, the and you know you have you have been to this bookstore as well too but um the dickinson's absolute favorite portland bookstore is wallace books on milwaukee avenue in selwood talked about it on this podcast a lot this is one of those bookstores that you know it, it lives in an old house and it is crammed full of bookshelves and when they stop being able to fit books on the shelves they just put them in boxes and old milk crates and stack them on the floor and there's like an attic that's that's blocked off. There's one of those ropes across the stairs, but I, I just really wonder like how many more books are up in that attic, you know? So if that style of bookstore is not really your speed, you know, your mileage may vary, but it wasn't my speed before I started going there. And I, I took Claire and I just sort of, we just sort of fell in love with it. And besides nobody's going into bookstores right now anyway, (laughs) although Wallace is actually open for browsing appointments. I have not tried this myself. You know, Julie is the owner. She's amazing. Connor and all the other booksellers are so great. Uh, they will order absolutely anything for you. So that's actually where I've gotten like most of Claire's homeschool workbooks and, um, you know, pre-orders on the latest dog man and narwhal and jelly graphic novels, romances, you name it. Uh, it it's just, it, it's been my go-to bookstore, um, you know, just sort of in general for several years now, but, uh, but especially in the pandemic. And, and it's something that I would, you know, I would be devastated to see uh, a bookstore like this go out of business. So I, I, you know, I really have to sort of put my money where, where my heart is, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Portland, Portland has a, gr- a lot of great small bookstores. We really like Broadway books on Broadway and Northeast. That's a really fun store. Um, Annie Blooms in Multnomah Village. My Aunt Meg gets all of her books there. Uh, our friend Chris uh, works at the library, swears by it too. So, you know, there's there's no shortage of, you know, adorable tiny bookstores in the Portland area. Yeah. And most, if not all of them, I think you can probably order online in some capacity. With Wallace Books, you actually uh, contact them on Instagram, um, which is kind of fun. So. Yeah, those are all excellent local establishments. Uh, But what if you're either not from Portland or you have a favorite indie shop wherever you, our listeners live? What if indeed? So this year you and I discovered bookshop.org and it has been a game changer. Um, It is awesome. I was... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was on their website trying to figure out like how much money they've made um, for local bookstores sort of nationwide. And um, on their website, they quote the Chicago Tribune um, as saying of bookshop that 
that they aim to play Rebel Alliance to Amazon's empire. And I was like, you guys had me, like, you guys had me right there. Rebellions are built on hope and books. And <laughs> so good. So, so the great thing about Bookshop, um, and I don't know exactly how, I don't know, understand exactly the mechanics of it, but a, a bookstore can sort of sign up to partner with them. And so when you visit the website, bookshop.org, you can choose, find a bookstore at the top of the page, and then you can search by the bookstore name or by zip code if you just want to find something that's near you. Um, Wallace Books is not a bookshop partner. So uh, when I order from Bookshop, I I switch off between Reparations Club in Los Angeles and Semicolon Books in Chicago, which are both owned by Black women. Um, the Salt Eaters in Los Angeles is a bookstore that is soon to be up and running, and so I'm probably going to be supporting them too. I'll just, you know, kind of, It'll be kind of a round robin kind of thing. But whatever bookstore you choose, they will get a portion of the money you spend. And so they have raised almost eight and a half million dollars for local bookstores since they started. And I don't know, that's really, it's just really mind boggling and wonderful. And it's something that's so, so needed right now. It's yeah. I mean, honestly, learning about bookshop.org has honest, has like really been a highlight of my year. I'm so happy they exist and you can support specific establishments, uh, you know, as, as Shandy said, if they're a member. Um, I know that I just looked up and the Friends of the Lake Oswego Library, the boutique, doesn't look like they're on there. So if you do have to, if you do continue to go the Amazon route, maybe see if you could do Amazon Smile. And I know that the Friends of the Lake Oswego Library are there and you can um, choose to support them through Amazon Smile. So if you have to go through Amazon or if you just continue to choose that, know that there is a giving option in that way. Um, and I love that idea of, of supporting the Friends of the Library. That's I. I would not have thought of looking for them on Amazon Smile, but I'm so glad you said that. Oh, see, even if we go with the affordability and convenience of Amazon, we can still do some small pieces of good in the world with our, with our dollars. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, bookstores just really, really need us in these times. And I would say that the boutique has been really struggling and they yeah. are a remarkable volunteer-run used bookstore that supports the Friends of Lake Oswego Library. So, yeah, again, Amazon or just contacting them. And I think that they might have an online shop now. Uh, I'm going to put their link in the show notes. So, you know, and that's the kind of thing, like, if you just were doing some holiday giving in general, um, that's a great kind of thing to support. Um, okay, so other... You know, what are some other things that have brought us joy? What are some other local businesses that have brought us joy in the pandemic? Um, something that's been also become really important to us is, and we've always loved takeout. Let me let me be real. The Dickinsons love takeout. Um, like, but we also, I, I was reading an article about Dr. Fauci, and he was talking about how he and his wife get takeout several times a week to support their local businesses. And I was like, well, if Dr. Fauci is doing it, we should be ordering a lot more takeout. <laughs> what if our favorite restaurants close? But it is such a dangerous time for for any for any small business. But restaurants, I mean, they have to they have to strike such a delicate balance. They have to keep their employees safe. They have to try to stay in business so that those employees have jobs. And there are so many restaurants in Portland and the country and the world that have just not been able to survive this. And, you know, on a selfish note, it's just awesome to occasionally eat food that you didn't have to prepare. So, <laughs> so Shannon, what are your, like, what are the local restaurants that you've been dreaming about or getting takeout from? Um, honestly, like my to-go options have changed dramatically since my celiac diagnosis. So I'm still learning about places that have gluten-free options and that are safe for me to eat at. Um, so we're mostly staying in and cooking for ourselves, but we're starting to like go out a little bit more. So there's, um, Maruti's is a, a gluten-free and has gluten-free and dairy, dairy-free 
vegan options. It's an Indian restaurant on Southeast Hawthorne. And um, I should have had this up. There's a Sri Lankan place actually around the corner and that's another sort of vegan place, Marisata. And so I've been really wanting to try them. But honestly, like I have to talk about Andina. Andina is like seriously at the one of the top of my list. It's a Peruvian restaurant in the Pearl in Portland. I actually grew up with the family who owns it and they and the food are legit. It is higher end, uh, but it is absolutely worth it, especially if you want to toast to like a special occasion or just to feel fancy and bougie, which isn't a bad feeling. Um, so when they're open, Doris Platt, uh, the owner, she comes by to every table to talk about the food and check in with the diners. And I took my mom there for her birthday last year. And sure enough, I saw Doris Platt coming by the tables. And like I said, um, grew up with, with her and her family. Um, her oldest son is my age. And um, my mom and Doris, I think, served on PTAs or something. Um, but, uh, so Doris came by and she actually sat down with us because she remembered my mom. It was just really special. So it's just delicious food, personable, beyond belief. It really is one of my favorite places. That is so, wow, that, that just sounds really special. Are they doing takeout? In the yes, pandemic? they've really, Andina has really been adapting and they're doing takeout um, and delivery as well. So nice. another longtime Portland institution is Pix Pizzeria. Uh, Pix is a dessert and bar spot. And while I'm not sure I can eat there right now, <laughs> ever again, maybe, they do have a 24-hour vending machine outside that has delectable desserts and macarons. And the Pixomatic is even filled with other fun novelty items, including masks. I mean, it's really super unique. Anyway, um, I've been wanting to go there. Um, because, I mean, pixomatic. why not? Anyway, um, how about you? What are your foodie favorites? I haven't been to Pix in years, and I keep meaning to try the vending machine. That sounds really fun. Um, okay, so starting with dessert, which is a good place to start, uh, Loretta Jean's Pies on, on Division. Um, their blackberry raspberry streusel is one of the best berry pies I've ever had, and I've eaten pretty much every berry pie that's come across my path um, for 40 years, so uh, they do a chess pie that's really good and a lemon beach pie that's like sensational. Um, I had that once and I have never seen it there again. And I think I must just be going at the wrong times. You know, and all the classics too, apple and cherry and coconut cream and chocolate cream. And I just check to make sure that they are still doing pies and everything's fine with them. Because um, you have that moment of panic where you're like, oh my gosh, I haven't thought about Loretta Jeans in six months. I really hope they're still open. And they are. Um, their Thanksgiving pies sold out early, and uh, it seems like Portland pie people are really stepping up to keep this business alive. So yeah, that's nice for to real. See. Um, in terms of gluten free, there's petunias pies and pastries, um, and they have other allergen free stuff as well. There's also gluten free gem, so you know there's something for everyone. And yes, here we are, dessert first. As it should be in any well-rounded diet. Uh, where do you go if you need something savory? Well, last night we went to Weiwei uh, in Selwood. Um, or so we got we got takeout from there. We did not go there. Um, we got takeout from Weiwei, uh, which is a great Taiwanese restaurant in Selwood. The cold noodles with peanut sauce are amazing. Uh, we've really made sure to support Laughing Planet, which, I mean, you know, anybody with a kid under the age of 12 like it's just the easiest healthiest place you could possibly take your kid for for something fast and tasty it's just a local chain delicious burritos and bowls um snappies is a tiny sandwich spot that had its grand opening just a few weeks before quarantine and i will say that portland is a pretty good sandwich town but i have not found anything better than snappies like we will we will get like sometimes we'll get three different sandwiches and then just sort of cut them up and eat them uh you know just so we can so both joe and i can can have, taste three different sandwiches <laughs> like, but like you're just sitting there eating it and and i i you know i'll look over at joe and i'll just say this is so good i just want to cry 
Um, so yeah, Snappies really go there. Um, when we want a burger and fries, we get takeout from Thunderbird Bar, which is owned by some friends. Ooh, I was just looking at their menu and they have burger kits. <clears throat> do you get a kit or do you just get burgers to go? We haven't done the kits, but that sounds really fun. I mean, you know, burgers and fries are one of those things where like, you really want to eat it right away. So the kit kind of makes sense. That's genius. And now I'm really hungry for a burger. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. So, okay. What about beverages, coffee shops, tea shops? What have you been, what have you been hoping to support in the, you know, funny enough, I'm not a big frequenter of coffee shops, but I will say that we press on lower Southeast Hawthorne has some excellent hot chocolate. We actually had a meeting there approximately a hundred years ago, AKA about a year ago, uh, to work on book club stuff when we were putting together like our first meeting. This was way before we ever thought of having a podcast. Um, you were right. The hot chocolate was awesome. And that was a yes. really fun meeting. Oh, I remember that. That was so much fun. And I ordered a chocolate, like a chocolate bar shaved onto a baguette. Oh, it was so divine. <laughs> Not that, I mean, I probably won't be going back there for that specific sandwich. Yeah, that memory, that's going to last a lifetime. You know, there are a lot of things that can be made gluten-free, but baguettes seem like they would present one of the greatest challenges in that department. Honestly, there is something so special about a well-made baguette. It truly is an exceptional food. As Mary Berry would say, it's just scrummy. Uh, It's worth noting that new Cascadia traditional, it's a gluten-free bakery in Southeast Portland, on Southeast Division, it has a selection of gluten-free breads, including a rustic baguette. I haven't tried it yet, uh, but I've been stocking their online menu because I'm a creeper. Um, so I, I, I needed, I need to take the plunge. I need to try it. Anyway, moving on. Where else is on your list of outstanding? We've been wanting to make sure that we support coffee shops that we love. So Blue Kangaroo and Selwood is great. We actually. This is not exactly local, but I have never gotten over um, my favorite coffee shop of all time ever in the world, uh, Lighthouse Roasters in Seattle. And they like we actually ordered beans from them several times, uh, especially early in the pandemic. And it just feels like it's the smoothest, most delicious coffee you will ever taste. So that's not precisely a local Portland recommendation, but it is, you know, Northwest and it's definitely a wonderful small business. Um Portland's tea game is very strong. I would say we did lose Townsend's tea houses this year, which is a bummer, although they're still doing their kombucha. Um, but Dow of tea, I mean, talk about a Portland institution. I have spent so many hours there with my friend, Aaron, just like drinking endless cups of rose petal black and, you know, talking for actual hours. Um, tea Chai Tay is another wonderful place. You can order loose leaf tea from both. You can get drinks to go from Tea Chai Tay. Um, I'm working my way through a big bag of Lady Londonderry right now. Very fun black tea um, a blend of Assam and Ceylon, Ooh. if you're a tea person. Um, it also has little strawberry and lemon pieces and essences. And it's named after, fun fact, it is named after Edith Vane Tempest Stewart, who actually does have two hyphens in her name. The Marchioness of Londonderry, who was a famous society hostess between the wars. Anyway, that's a fun tea fact for you. Uh, yeah, very grateful. That's another thing that goes on the gratitude list, like Lady Londonderry and all, just in general, all good strong black teas this year. Yeah, tote second, <laughs> uh, tea, chai, tea, and Tao of tea. Tao of tea has some great food. I don't know if they're doing takeout, but yeah, their food selection is excellent. If you feel like going a little further afield into like Beaverton, um, Mamansi Tea Company is new. Um, and they have excellent teas and chocolates. And I believe Mamansi is black owned and it's staffed by some very lovely people. I highly recommend the oolong tea and I believe they're online as well. Yet another reason across the river. Hi, you and I both live on the east side, but when there's not a pandemic raging, I really like to go to Beaverton for the international grocery stores. Of course, there's a Wajimaya, um, but I especially love going to Opna Bazaar 
um, which is where I get all of my wonderful Indian spices and, you know, the occasional snack mix or package of ramen. Um, I really love cooking Indian food and that is where I get all my spices, including the asafoetida that I gave you not realizing it was not gluten-free. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't realize it either <laughs> until I was going to use it. Um, but I did end up ordering myself some gluten-free asafoetida. Um, so now I have some and I need to give it a whirl. Um, but yeah, when we can travel far and wide, I'm looking forward to checking out um, Apna Bazaar uh, for some delectable Indian spices. And yes, I have to like say these words slowly because I'm me. You got it. Um, yeah, I'm sure mango powder will change your life. And I'm very hopeful that it I've is been learning free. more about it. And I think it is. <laughs> I'm so relieved to hear that. <laughs> Okay, so winding up our list of local and small businesses, you have some favorites for sort of, I don't know, trinkets, home goods, gifts, um, fun things. Yeah, so what for like your arts and craft people, collage, um, excellent. They have multiple locations around Portland and they are online. Uh, so collage for arts and craft items. For your yarn enthusiasts, uh, Starlight Knitting Society and the Naughty Lamb, which is in Forest Grove. Amazing yarns, notions, kits, patterns. Uh, for pretty things, um, Betsy and Aya for really unique jewelry and other specialty home goods items. They are offering curbside pickup. They also have an excellent online shop as well. Um, Tossie Designs is a brand new brick and mortar in Selwood believe there's an online shop as well. And they have some beautiful gifts there. Crafty Wonderland is a must. They feature local artists and craftspeople. And they have a couple brick and mortar um, stores around town. They are online. Totally worth it, especially if you need a Dolly Parton prayer candor, candle, which I absolutely need. Um, so I'll be doing that tonight. Um, for the music lover, um, CD Game Exchange and Music Millennium for new and used music. Um, for the fine foodie in your life, the Meadow has fancy salts, bitters, and chocolates, which are perfect stocking stuffers. They even have mystery boxes um, where you give a little bit of information about the recipient and they put together a gift box based on those preferences. I did that for my sister for Mother's Day and it was a hit. Nice. Wow. I'm just, I'm really inspired by this. List. <laughs> I love collage. Claire and I used to spend just hours there and music millennium is a Portland institution. Like I have not been there in years, but I have, I have the most vivid memory of um, like getting some birthday money and going to music millennium and buying a Carly Simon tape there when I was about nine. And I think I picked it because she looked like, I knew nothing about Carly Simon. I still know nothing about Carly Simon. I don't know if I ever really listened to that tape more than once or twice, but like she looked so glamorous and cool on the cover. And I just remember feeling so cool and grown up that I'd gone to Music Millennium and picked out my own music. And I'm sure my parents were like, hey, like, do you know who Carly Simon is? But they didn't say a word very, very politely. <laughs> I mean, my parents were playing Carly Simon. I saw one of my favorite <laughs> Portland bands rock duos the helio sequence the helio sequence um play there a few years back i went with a coworker at the time who was related by marriage to the singer to uh the singer she tried so hard to introduce me to encourage me to talk to brandon and benjamin i just couldn't do it i think i've said this before but i really i am the worst fangirl on the planet like i mean it there's so many situations that confirm this, like just the worst. Anyhow, Music Millennium, one day they'll have indoor store performances again, but until then they have an excellent online store. I did not even know that they had in-store performances at Music Millennium. I'm trying to think where they would fit the band. Um, but as I said, I haven't been in there in many years. That is something to look forward to. And speaking of fangirls, you were talking to somebody who waited an embarrassingly long time by the stage door after a death cab for cutie show in Seattle in like 2005. And they never emerged by the way. And then Katie, my friend was with my friend Katie and we just like waited a long time awkwardly. And then we just equally awkwardly just wandered away after we 
was like, oh no, we were just standing here for some other reason. I call that gumption on part on your part and lame on the band's part. Like, where were they? Right. <laughs> oh, okay. One last group of small businesses. Portland has some great toy stores. So if you were looking for gifts for the young and or young at heart, um, Oodles and Selwood, Kids at Heart on Hawthorne, Finnegan's downtown. Uh, I remember going to Finnegan's as a kid and thinking that they had the most amazing paper doll selection. Though I would have to say that I'm pretty sure Kids at Heart might have them beat at this point. And yes, I am that adult woman who is very much paying attention to which toy stores have the best paper doll selection. So, I, I mean, you know, no wonder I grew up to love historical romance. Right? <laughs> I mean, the origins to your historical romance love revealed here first. <laughs> and we will also put in the show notes you found some awesome links for shopping local and shopping oregon we will be sure to include those in the show notes on um, the portland indigenous marketplace my people's market which is a virtual marketplace for multicultural vendors the annual fabulousness that is crafty wonderland has gone virtual um i'm really going to miss the laurelhurst winter bazaar this year it sounds like they tried but they weren't able to make it work with all the precautions and restrictions. So, you know, something to look for, something to look forward to in 2021. And I feel like I'm saying that sentence yeah. a lot these days. <laughs> all right, folks, we are running low on time, but we cannot let this episode go by without at least telling you a little bit about what we are reading now and what we will be reading next. So I, as I said, I am totally in the middle of a holiday romance bonanza. More on that next week. I'm going to go way in depth on Love All Year, a holiday, sorry, a holidays anthology, which is like a really, really wonderful holiday romance anthology. I'm so excited to talk about it. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to chill out for now. I have very, as the kids say, I have zero chill when it comes to the anthology. So, so I'll just talk about it a lot next week um okay so what have i been reading i've been reading some nonfiction about the ancient romans which is not romance but romans I just, there's a joke to be made there and i do not workshop that at all so, um, <laughs> there you go <laughs> um i love mary beard she is just so smart like how i can't even imagine what it would be like to just sit down with mary beard and talk to her about ancient rome but anyway she um she has a great book about Pompeii. It's called The Fires of Vesuvius, Pompeii Lost and Found. So I'm reading that. I also just finished a really fun book called 24 Hours in Ancient Rome. That's by Philip Matijak. Um, and that is, a, I don't know, it's a really fun like fiction, nonfiction mashup. It's sort of 24 stories fictionalized to varying degrees of sometimes real people, but you know, just revealing tons of information about Rome along the way, a really fun pop history and very much about those sort of regular folks that I prefer to read about. So uh, did you know, for example, that Roman launderers washed clothes in human urine? And then, as if that weren't enough, they steamed togas in sulfur fumes so that they could get those whites as bright as they could possibly be so yeah apparently the laundry facilities were just as unpleasantly aromatic as you might imagine and nobody wanted to hang out with the people who worked there. we had a wonderful <laughs> conversation about this like before we start recording i wish we could like somehow recreate that conversation but since we are short on time um my mom is a huge uh ancient Roman history person. So I'm definitely, I think that she's going to enjoy this piece of trivia and I want to mention these titles to her. I think she would enjoy them. And obviously your mom and I have to talk to ancient Rome sometime because I just don't know that many other ancient history nerds. <laughs> we found you. Yes. <laughs> so Shannon, what, have, this was like my shortest, what am I reading now ever? Um, um, what have you been reading? Wow. Okay. I have read, I, I took the week off for Thanksgiving, so I read, um, not as much as I thought, but uh, Wicked and the Wallflower by Sarah McLean, uh, which is super fun, Always Only You by Chloe Lees, which I loved, the protagonist, like the author, is autistic, 
And um, the protagonist is also chronically ill, which for whatever reason, like I really needed to read at that moment. It just ticked every item off my list. I really liked it. I also read The Preacher's Promise by Piper Hughley. And am I the only one who finds reconstruction like super stressful and naturally just tense? Anyway, um, I also read She Came By It Honestly, Dolly Parton and the Women Who Loved Her Songs by Sarah Smarsh, uh, because Dolly Parton. And I'm finally started uh, If the Boot Fits by Rebecca Weatherspoon. I am so excited for you to read that and for us to read it in March for book club. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait to reread it. Oh, that's an awesome, wonderful book. Yay. Okay. Oh my gosh. Shortest. I, I mean, overall shortest, what are we reading now ever? I'm really proud of ourselves. Um, okay. We are going to lay a punny, a punny title on you. Uh, and Shannon this week. So it's it is not yours. romance. But since we are talking about holiday season, it's a holiday cocktail, literary style, from Tim Betterly. He has three um, literary cocktail recipe books. First one's called Tequila Mockingbird. <laughs> the second one is called Are You There, God? It's Me, Margarita. <laughs> and the third one is called Gun with the Gin. <laughs> oh that's much much too clever i feel like i should maybe get my dad one of these for christmas <laughs> I, I didn't i didn't realize i'd be dying of laughter <laughs> i mean are you there god it's me margarita it's just too brilliant oh my gosh punny titles everyone not just for romance anymore oh listeners thank you so much <laughs> for sharing time and space with us and we would so love to hear from you like what people places and things are you grateful for um this year or always tell us your favorite local businesses in portland or wherever you live like who do you feel like needs a shout out um just really important email us comment on the LOPL, on an LOPL uh, social media post or find our bookstagrams at the Knitterly Bookworm and Shandy B. Reads. And as always, please note that the opinions, is <laughs> the opinions expressed and espoused on these bookstagrams do not necessarily reflect those of the Lake Oswego Library or even of this podcast. And I forgot to mention this last week, embarrassingly. Our next book club meeting is Sunday, December 13th. We are reading Pride, Prejudice, and Other Flavors by Sonali Dev, um, who is one of my favorite contemporary romance authors. And, you know, it's Pride and Prejudice knockoff, and it's Sonali Dev, and it's going to be great. And if you would like to join that meeting, please get in touch. We hope that you are finding some light on these darkening days. And please always remember, we are grateful for you. You, you, all of you. Hi everyone, titled, the title of Dolly Parton's book is She Come By It Natural. Dolly Parton and the, and the Women Who Lived Her Songs by Sarah Smarsh. We couldn't do this podcast without the, without the help of quite a few awesome folks. We are grateful to Allison Arnold and Anya Woodhouse for being our rocks and our champions and for taking care of everyone in the library. Rick Lyons for giving us this crazy idea in the first place and making us believe we could do it. Carissa Barrett for being a national treasure. Chris Myers for good trouble. Kira Taylor for Cheerfully acquiring just about anything we, we ask her to. Noelle Elson, Amy Grimes, and Todd Mecklem. For answering all of our emails and making us look good on social media. Special thanks to Noelle f for always listening to the end. Everyone at LPL, LPL, LPL has provided so much encouragement and support. Evie is our biggest cheerleader, and she never complains when we got 
two weeks between episodes. When we go, not got. Okay. I need to do the credits, credit, the credits and corrections of the credits and corrections. Evie's <laughs> <laughs> our biggest cheerleader, and she never complains when we go two weeks between episodes. We hope all podcasters ha- have a super fan like her. Clay D does our credits and corrections. Thanks, Justin and Joe, our very own romance heroes. All we want for Christmas is you. Thanks, Justin. I already read that part. And thanks most of all to book to our book club members and podcast listeners. Keep us inspired and always searching for the next happily after, ever after. And by read. I just mean think of it in my head. I do not use a script. (laughs) What?